Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, the holidays are upon us. We are officially in the middle of it. Thanksgiving has come and gone, and Advent begins today. Christmas is almost here. In fact, my kids have been doing the math every day, but they always forget, is there 30 or 31 days in November? But we are getting a a daily countdown to Christmas. The Christmas lists are also ever evolving. Even in my household, we got our Christmas decorations up on Friday. That is a Christmas miracle in my household, my friends. It is the most wonderful time of the year. So they say, and so we sing. And perhaps at this most wonderful time of the year, we are confronted with images, with pictures, and maybe especially this year, memories of ideal holiday celebrations. A large gathering of people, tons of great food, multiple tables stringed together, maybe even a kid table, young to old, laughter abounds, a sense of family and love. Maybe you even think of that classic Norman Rockwell image of the holidays, You know, the one with the turkey and the family and everyone's smiling, everyone's together, perfect unity, a perfect Thanksgiving or Christmas meal. There's no arguing over politics. No one is upset that there aren't any gluten-free options. There exists no tensions in the family. And the family is nuclear and extended, an image of perfect economic and familial bliss. Now, the sentimentality of images like these, on the one hand, is innocent, but on the other hand, it can be dangerous if we go beyond the sentimental to the ideal. In fact, Norman Rockwell's picture was actually based on FDR's For Freedom speech, a picture of an ideal representing the freedom from want. This picture was meant to portray not life as it is, but as an ideal that society would work toward. Now, the problem with ideals is that they can become idols. And for some, this past Thanksgiving, it didn't live up to the ideal, up to the past, up the way that we've always done it. Maybe it was an image like this. Maybe it was just your immediate family, and then you connected with everyone else via Zoom. Or maybe it was socially distanced with masks and maybe even temperatures taken. Or maybe, if you're watching this online, maybe you were in isolation, quarantined, left all alone. I know for our family that our Thanksgiving was much different than I expected. The problem with expectations and ideals is that they can at times become idols. The ideal job, the ideal relationship, the ideal spouse, the ideal children, the ideal boss, the ideal home, the ideal Thanksgiving, the ideal Christmas, the ideal retirement, the ideal whatever you fill in the blank. Sometimes the ideal can become an idol. And we can become so enamored with the ideal that we begin to despise the reality of the present. Now, There is a good side to ideals, right? The desire to improve, the desire to be prepared, the desire to have a preferred vision of the future. Those are good things. But sometimes that sort of aspiration can turn into envy and perfectionism. And that's the problem with idealized pictures 
and expectations, whether it's Norman Rockwell image or commercial advertisements or our own imaginations or even our experiences of the past. These ideals, these expectations can lead us to see what we have and who we are and our very present reality as insufficient, unworthy, unimportant, unable to be redeemed. Sometimes we find ourselves in circumstances that don't look like the Norman Rockwell ideal we had for our lives. And we wonder if we can thrive, if we can exist in that present reality. Maybe it's a rocky marriage. Maybe it's an ideal for your life that you haven't achieved. Maybe it's the first holiday you have without your loved one. Maybe it's cancer or disease rearing its ugly head. Maybe it's a job loss or a job change or a job frustration. Maybe it's a political climate or an injustice or an uneasiness that's within your soul. Maybe it's a worldwide pandemic. And you pictured it differently. And you want God to come down and fix the situation, the person, the problem, the mess, the reality the present. Anybody ever feel like that out there? Well, if that's you, you're not alone. In fact, I have a feeling that this year that most of us are kind of struggling with the ideals we have and the reality that surrounds us. In fact, 2,700 years ago, Isaiah the prophet, the prophet in Judah, prophesied about the coming Babylonians more than 100 years later who would come in and take God's people away in exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. It's Isaiah 64, which we just read. He prophesied in the form of a prayer, a prayer of God's people. They'd been forced to leave their home, forced to walk 900 miles, probably took them four months, exiled in Babylon, a foreign country. Forced to celebrate all those holidays living in less than ideal circumstances. And so they cry out to God, Isaiah 64, verse 1, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you. They're remembering back the mountains that trembled before God at Mount Sinai. Now, God's people were in exile because they had done some terrible things. It was a consequence of their evil behavior. They realized this, and they're calling out for help. They were not living in Norman Rockwell ideas like it was at Mount Sinai, but they were remembering it. They were remembering a bygone era. They were remembering back to the Exodus, remembering when God had rescued them from Pharaoh and the Egyptians in slavery, remembering when God gave them the promised land, remembering King David and the victory over the other nations. And they cry out in prayer, verse 2, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, Lord, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. God's people wanted to come down wanted him to come down and give them the ideal they longed for in the way they longed for it. You see, a lot of times we have ideals for the way life should be and the way God should be. And I totally get it. 
It's real. It's hard. I have prayed and I have talked with a lot of people these past months, this past year, who are living in situations that are less than ideal. Some of you view yourselves as less than ideal. You might be feeling like you are living in less than ideal circumstances. If that's you, I want you to know you're not alone. Man, I'll throw myself in that lot too. I get it. Dear God, rend the heavens and come down and heal my friend's disease like you did before. Come down and give us a vaccine. Come down and give peace to everyone. Come down and heal our nation. Come down and get me out of this situation. Come down and give us hope. Come down and show us the right decisions and the right way forward. Come down and come down and come down and come down. In many ways, that's actually a good place to start. Three times in Isaiah there. Three times it talks about God coming down. That's the first thing we got to get straight as God's people. Because we live in a ladder-climbing society, right? You got to climb the ladder of a success. You got to climb it to get ahead. But if you try that noise with God, it never gets you anywhere. God has got to come down to you. Now, eventually, we see in Isaiah that the people, they, they get it. Verse 6 there, they said, All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We get it. God's got to come down to us. Okay. But then sometimes we want him to come down on our terms, the way he's come before, to live up to our ideals. We want him to bring us a Norman Rockwell holiday in the middle of a pandemic. Well, the people in exile 2,700 years ago, they cried out. They said, rend the heavens and calm down. They wanted God to come down in power, in deliverance, with force and might. In their ideal picture of how it should go. But ultimately, 700 years after Isaiah's prophecy God answered their prayer on his time in his way. And we might be like, what? 700 years? Lord, please don't make us wait that long for a vaccine, please. Eventually, God did rend the heavens and come down, just not the way they expected. Now, I know that it's Advent and we got to wait for Christmas, but... We can wait for it and also celebrate it a little bit at once. Advent was never meant to dictate when we can put up our Christmas trees or if we can sing a Christmas carol now or not. It was meant for us to be thinking about and waiting and yearning for God to come down in his time, in his way. So we're going to check out a little bit of Christmas this morning. Matthew chapter 1, if you've ever read it, it's a super long genealogy, which is awesome, by the way, if you really study it and get into it. And in the midst of this, we see another believer living in the tension of less than ideal circumstances. And yet God comes down. Matthew chapter 1, verse 17 says, Thus there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon. That's Isaiah 64 that we just prayed. And then 14 from that exile to the Messiah. Verse 18 says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm pretty sure Joseph's ideal present and future involved getting married, having kids, living out a prosperous life as a faithful follower of God with Mary and everything was going to be awesome. 
Not some crazy story about his fiance getting pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And now he's forced to divorce her. And how is he going to go about it? Verse 19, it says, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph was a godly man. He acted with grace, and he went forward in this less-than-ideal situation. And it's kind of like right at that moment, maybe you could even see Joseph's Norman Rockwell image of his life shattered to pieces. And that's why ideals, based on our imaginations, they often leave us wanting. Yet God came down to Joseph in a surprising and shocking way. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, it says, After he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said to the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. What I love about that very first advent, that was the very first advent, is that the prayer we see in Isaiah 64 is answered 14 generations later in a poor peasant girl and her carpenter fiancé who were living in less than ideal circumstances. God came down in a dream to a worried husband about to divorce his wife-to-be. God came down. That's when the familiar Christmas, the familiar songs of Christmas start coming out in our mind. O come, O come, Emmanuel, bring hope, Savior of the nations, come, the King shall come, the advent of our King, joy to the world, the Lord is come, till from heaven you came running, come thou long expected Jesus, here comes heaven, Christ is born. And God came down in a lowly manger to Joseph, to Mary, to all humanity, past, present, and future in the midst of less than ideal circumstances. My friends, Jesus was not born into a Norman Rockwell ideal. He, in fact, was born into circumstances much more akin to a COVID-19 Christmas. He didn't wait for us to get it all together. He didn't wait for all disease to be eradicated. He didn't wait for the world to be perfect or ideal. He came to us just as we are, just as the world is, imperfect, broken, less than ideal, messy lives, messy world. The message of Advent and Christmas is that the God that we are waiting for to come into our lives comes to us just as we are right now. Not as the person we are trying to be or the person that we've promised to be or the person we so badly want to be or even the person we portray to others or some post-pandemic version of ourselves, but the people that we are actually right now. He comes down to you to me, to every one of us, just as we are, the people that we are, the families that we are, the congregation that we are, the world as it is, hurting and broken, struggling, yearning to be made whole. And I think that that is a reality that's important for us to kind of pause on 
to stop right there and let it sink in. Is there room to improve in all of our lives, in our marriages, in our families, and in our congregation? Yes. But if we're ever going to change, it starts with the powerful blessing of knowing that who we are right now at this very moment is loved by God. I hope that this Advent, that the very radical fact that just as God surprised Joseph and Mary and all of humanity by coming down to us in less than ideal circumstances, hear this, in the vulnerability of the manger and the scandal of the cross, that we might be open, I pray that we might be open to embracing our less than ideal lives right now. In fact, I don't know anybody, I haven't met anyone yet, who is saying, you know what, this is the Thanksgiving, this is the Advent, this is the Christmas I imagined a year ago. But this is our reality. Perhaps we can be open, open and trust that God can in fact come down into the midst of it all in ways that we might have never expected. And not only that, but that God may come down to others through us. An Advent gift that was given to me many years ago was the knowledge of something called the Advent Conspiracy. I know I've mentioned it many years in the past. But I love the four things. The four things in the Advent Conspiracy to focus on during Advent is to worship fully, spend less, give more, love all. Worship fully, spend less, give more, love all. This Advent, may God come down to you in your less than ideal circumstances. And may he come down to others through you, to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, to your coworkers, to your life group, to the vulnerable children in our community. And instead of a Norman Rockwell ideal, I think we will be given maybe a more profound and impactful picture of God coming down through us and to us as he came down 2,000 years ago in the vulnerability of the manger and the scandal of the cross. Less than ideal circumstances. Isaiah 64, verse 1. O Lord, that you would rend the heavens and come down. King of heaven, come down to us, we pray. Amen.